0: Greetings, aliens. It is me, your one and only host, Miss Ella Sanchez of the Nadie Pregunto podcast because truly nobody asked for this podcast whatsoever, but I'm having a blast. And today, you guys, this episode is something. Now, you read the title and you also read that there is a little surprise, a little guest at the end. So uh, you already know what's about to go down, but... I mean you really don't actually. But just a quick preface, if you're new here, hi, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um I am having a guest on today, which is the first time I've ever had a guest and I'm super glad it's going to be one of my closest best friends, Eric Bateman. Um you guys are going to love him. He's great. Um but if you are returning, hi. How are you? I hope you're well. I hope you're being safe and sound. I hope that you're getting everything you've ever wanted. I hope that you got that job. You got you enjoy your new haircut you got that A you wanted on that exam, whatever the case may be. I hope that you're all doing very well, and I hope you also enjoy this episode today. But this episode is going to be quite long. It's uh, quite long, and so I'm just going to get into today's episode. I'm going to introduce Mr. Eric Bateman, and then we're going to do a little bit of editing magic, and then we're going to get into actual the episode of today. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it, and I love you guys, and I will see you on the other side. And we're back, guys. Hi. Hello, my fellow aliens. So, very excited for today's episode today. So, before I even... I'm trying to think of how I want to organize this, which I kind of already have in my notes what the organization will be. But I am just going to say that um, the inspiration for today's episode, if you haven't heard what's going on in the world right now, But before I get into everything for today, um, this episode is on the topic of abortion. Um, I am pro-choice and my lovely guest in a couple minutes is uh, pro-choice as well. So this is strictly a pro-choice episode for today. I have done an episode on, um, very briefly to be honest, I didn't really go into depth. Um, I titled it Fuck Texas, plus I went outside, it was more of like a Two story in one kind of uh, episode, but I didn't really go into detail about Roe v. Wade and everything else in between. So today's episode is dedicated on abortion. And if that is a trigger for you, if that is something that you are not comfortable uh, hearing, talking about, or anything like that, then that is totally fine. I completely understand and you are forgiven if that's the case but if not and you are here for the episode and you are here for the long haul that is however long this episode will be um i appreciate you and i hope you stick around and enjoy um but the inspiration for this episode is that i believe on may 2nd of 2022 a leaked uh, roe v wade draft that was leaked towards a politico and it's from conservative justice samuel alito And it was basically leaking like a very strong overturn on Roe v. Wade at the very end. Um, I also read that it's not fully in effect. It's not fully. I will link all the resources I will be using in today's episode. Um, As always, in my description, everything that you need for abortion or anything like that will be linked in the description below. And also, my lovely co- um, or my lovely guest today... um, eric all his links will be linked down below as well so there's going to be a lot of links that you guys can check out and read um but i just want to do a also a brief introduction and summary of what is the court case roe v wade we always hear about it but no one really dives into the really important details of it so what is roe v wade now in 1969 texan norma mccorvey aka also they call her jane rowe or commonly known as jane doe whatever you want to call it just a jane Rowe. um she got pregnant at her after her third child but couldn't access abortion care since it was banned in texas and i believe it still is um and only according to texas in her time was abortion allowed in order to save a woman's life And so hell broke loose among her and her midst and a really big important case was in the making and no one really knew it until the very end so lawyers uh Sarah Weddington or Weddington or Weddington and Linda Coffey supported Roe and they filed a federal lawsuit on Henry Wade which was the district attorney at the time in Texas and eventually the U.S. District Attorney of Northern Texas, of the Northern District of Texas, ruled in favor of um, Roe and later brought to the Supreme Court. And then the Supreme Court ruling was 7 2 in favor of McCor... oh no, McCore v. Yeah, on the 14th Amendment, which is the right to privacy. And long story short, is Roe v. Wade officially overturned? It's not exactly. So according to the Independent, so, was Roe v. Wade overturned? So, according to The Independent, it states an unprecedented, unprecedented, leaked draft opinion from conservative Justice Samuel Alito, first reported to or reported by Politico, indicates that the court's conservative majority will vote and to overturn Roe and Casey. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. He wrote in a draft of an opinion dated 10th of February, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. However, until the High Court reaches that decision, Roe v. Wade is still the law of the land. There are at least 12 states with so-called, quote, trigger laws that would ban abortion should Roe be overturned, and at least 26 states that are likely to ban abortion quickly should that power return to the states so it's kind of playing on um side by side of like um what's it called oh, i had the right word for it i lost it you guys i'm so sorry um oh sorry it's very federal versus like state level depending on the state i know the state of california is doing great on that so shout out to california um but it definitely varies within state of course um and i will say that since i am getting to the end of the first audio for this um, and I'm going to be introducing Eric right now. So if you guys don't know Eric, he's one of my closest friends. I've known him practically my whole life. We met on Twitter. Crazy how that stuff works. Insane. One of my closest friendships is basically from Twitter. It's still blows my mind to this day, but he's also a dancer. Um, he does acrobatics. He is acrobatics certified, of course. And he also does have a podcast, which I will be doing an episode with him. Um, not sure when it's supposed to air, but I always upload on Sundays. So, um... I will be uploading this Sunday on Mother's Day, of course, which is interesting how ironic it may be for um, abortion. And maybe you're celebrating not being a mother. Or maybe you are celebrating being a mother today on this Mother's Day week. And I feel like it's a very unintentional, but um, I actually really... It was, like, accidental because it, like, slipped my mind. I've been so busy this week, so it was very accidental when I was like, oh my god, Mother's Day, my Sunday upload day. But, um yeah I think it's a very interesting landing for my episode on the topic of abortion but um yeah without further ado um today's episode with Eric since we are having a joint episode today on my podcast and on his as well um we are going to be debunking the pro-life arguments and he is also a man he's a gay man he does have a pee, you know eh. nothing to be ashamed of obviously but um we will be speaking on our own points of view, uh, especially me and just like how we view pro choice. Um, and I was, when I was researching this, I didn't really see a lot of valuable, and I'm not trying to be biased, like I'm really just trying to be honest. Um, I can see, because some of the arguments I was seeing was um, very outdated, I guess you can say. Um, but we'll get into that right now. So without further ado, here. Is me and or no, Eric and I, Eric Bateman and I, going through and debunking pro life arguments commonly made amongst the very common anti abortion movements. So I hope you enjoy. I hope that you learn something and I hope that you enjoy it, actually just and whether you're becoming a mother, if you're excited to become a mother or not. Um, but. It is landing on Mother's Day, and I'm not shaming anyone that is a mother or isn't a mother. It's just interesting how I landed on this time, which is completely opposite. But um, I just want to point out that um, I personally have never had an abortion. I am also on the birth control IUD, the copper IUD, um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But I officially now introduce... My lovely friend Eric and I going and debunking and discussing the pro-life arguments and seeing what the world has to say, what the research I have concluded has to say, and just being people that are pro-choice and seeing the importance of it and with the people in our lives. So I hope you guys enjoy and I will see you guys on the other side again. Bye! okay hi aliens welcome back so as you guys have as i mentioned already we have a lovely guest on today our lovely friend eric bateman which actually his episode went live today saturday may 7th so if you want to go check that out it's it's on my story already so if you want to know what's going on but i'm gonna let mr eric introduce himself the one the only
1: Hi, friends. My name is Eric Bateman. My pronouns are he, him. I am 26 years old. I currently reside in eastern North Carolina, and that's a generalization because I live in a very, like, pretty rural to suburban area. It, it's, it's an area that's very spread out, so we usually just say, if you're from, like, eastern North Carolina, you just say that. Um, but specifically, I'm, like, proximal to Greenville, North Carolina. I'm gay. So I am a member of the LGBTQIA community, um, the Alphabet Mafia, as I like to say. It's the mafia. It's the- <laughs> so I'm I'm actually really excited to dive into this conversation. I am a very big proprietor of understanding that um, intersection plays a huge role in these, and that it is not in our best interest to segment. Segment anything, understand the layers, the multiplicities, the dualities. There's a lot, and so I'm very thankful and privileged that our host Gabby has chosen to host me.
0: It's such a Um, thank you, I'm excited. It's like long overdue, babe! Like, it's so long overdue. (laughs)
1: Like, we're late, but it's okay.
0: Okay, so today's episode, you guys, I just want to start with a little preface that, um. Eric and I both we can attest that we both have never had abortions. All right. And this is going to be a heavy episode. So we just want to put like a content warning. And also we will be speaking on behalf of quote research I have found and also just experiences living in a pro-choice lens in the world of pro-life people. (laughs) And it's just we got to debunk some of their arguments because i'm sorry like some of them are just not valid to me to be totally biased like it just doesn't it's not clicking for me but um that's what today's episode is and no we do not want to dismiss anyone that has any any abortions and if you are someone that has then we would love to hear from you obviously this is an episode for you as well and you are obviously welcome to listen if not that's understandable we love it we respect it of course without further ado, how it's going to go is that I'm going to read some arguments and we're going to debunk it together. Are we ready, babe? Are we ready?
1: I'm so ready. Like, you just don't understand. Um, also, for anyone listening, like, feel free to reach out to either Gabby or I. Like, we're always conversation people. Like, we're not,
0: I don't know. It,
1: it Life is always evolving. Experience is always evolving. Like, just add to the conversation that's the best that we can do to keep ourselves in a more you know enlightened state of being
0: honestly so powerful girl so powerful but regardless our first argument which i only have three which i would like to start off with because i will say that some of the arguments that these pro-lifers are giving they they made some sense like the one with like um uh i want to say that it causes depression amongst women that have had abortions not for all women or all people of course but um, I can see how it definitely has been like a rise that can occur definitely can't speak from experience of course but the first argument is actually going to be that the fetus feels pain so according to the New York Times and word for word but many doctors reject those claims saying a fetus's brain and nervous system are not developed at 20 weeks to feel pain they cite a wide-ranging 2005 study that found a fetus was unlikely to feel pain until the third trimester of pregnancy, or about 27 weeks. The American Congress, or I believe it was either American Congress or, uh, can I don't know what was the word? It was I, I heard two words for some reason. It was either Congress or College for the, uh, which calls it obstetricians. Uh, obstetricians and gynecologists, said that in 2013 that there are no um, subsequent research that contradicted that study. So, babe, let me hear your thoughts, because it's a big one. This is like the main argument for pro-life versus that the baby or the fetus feels pain.
1: Yeah. Well, for starters, um, before we dive like right in, I think it's just really crucial to remember how layered and nuanced these conversations are. There is no like winner take all. From my personal perspective, my biggest um, aspect of this to me is just personal agency. And so moving forward into this conversation, what, what stuck out to me is this notion of like pain and the justification of um, not allowing a being to like be in pain. And now that is understandable to an extent. However, we also, from my perspective, should layer this with the aspect of the person who is hosting the child like in their body and the realities of that having a child means going through the human experience of birthing that child right for the birthing person right like that the the birthing person hosts this this fetus this being this evolving sperm and egg cell to an embryo to the fetus right and already in in the argument that you um Recited, there's that timeline of when that fetus feels pain. And I'm sorry, I thought when I try to like talk, like articulately, I end up like slowing myself down and I feel like that's like not helping, but to try and be like more direct with it, I, I understand the concept that like, yes, um, that that living thing inside may feel pain, But to what extent are we, is that pain relative to how, like, we understand pain as, like, full human, like, adults? You know what I mean?
0: Right. Right, right, right. That
1: that was something that, like, kind of, like, stuck out at me. I'm not necessarily sure it's relatable in the same way. But again, I, I would also push further, like, where is the direction of that perspective going, right? Like, what does that argument serve? And to me, it doesn't necessarily serve to counteract the notion that um termination of pregnancy should be a person should be um a problem of personal agency if that makes sense like I I get the point but I also don't and maybe this is just from me being so like in my in my pro-choice um perspective for for so long but um first of all before I keep going am I even making sense
0: yeah babe yeah babe
1: yeah. Because I feel like I'm not. And I, I always get so nervous because the second you like hesitate or stutter, that's when other people come into your argument and they're like, Oh, you stuttered, you you don't have your shit together. It's like, no, it's not that I don't have my shit together on this argument. It's that like I, I see your first pers- I see the perspective, but I don't see how it runs tangential to justifying taking away someone's personal agency to terminating a pregnancy. Uh uh where I could potentially maybe agree is that timeline of like relative pain but again to us as human beings that type of pain is not relative to how like we understand pain as fully functioning adults um i'm not saying the pain is invalid i'm just saying to focus on that takes away from the agency of the person deciding whether or not pregnancy is right for them at the time
0: right babe Oh, also, really quickly,
1: this is, okay, people love to take that argument to the extent of saying that, like, people are trying to wait until, like, the third trimester to have an abortion, and that's just not the case, right? In terms of, like, acknowledging when pregnancy is occurring, finding out that the pregnancy is viable, viable, that happens, like, weeks, and sometimes, like, months after conceivement of the child, right? right? And so... Not everyone understands how those timelines add up and it becomes a race against the clock of trying to figure out when, where, and how access to reproductive care will be available. So I see that maybe trying to make a point that pain might be a deterrent in terms of terminating a pregnancy, but in that same vein, to me, that just doesn't take away like the personal agency in deciding
0: well babe you're making a lot of sense here and i'm gonna add on because it's always i noticed when i was doing the research and i feel like anybody that's listening like if you want to do the research on your own there's so many resources out there for you to like get more in-depth knowledge on like being pro-choice or pro-life i highly recommend procon.org it's literally just pro and cons of every very hot topic that is in the world today um but i was reading it to get an idea and i was like okay so what are other pro-life arguments aside from the common ones like there's got to be a lot and i saw the most common one being that like it's all in the name of the fetus it's all in the name of thinking about the fetus in this case i'm like well the fetus goes through physical pain at the 27 weeks we can't lie and like you said we don't know what type of pain that is we don't know what that experience may be and for the people that are listening that may maybe you're listening and you've had you've or you know someone you or someone you know has had an abortion that late we don't know and that's that's a very personal decision that I know that not everyone's gonna be able to live with and or can it's like still coping with it's not something that's like one two three call it again like call it out like it's like something that takes so long and it's like a very tough decision for so many people that are like hmm is this the right time and even if it's not the right time you still wonder you still wonder if this is like a good choice or a good idea or this is the best time but I think that every pro-life argument is just in the favor of the fetus I'm like I understand you want the child to live all right it's not their fault that they're in the in the world it's not their fault that they were conceived they just popped out all right they had no say of what they wanted to what they wanted what when they get to come like when they get to come into the world or whatever they don't have that say and i agree we should all be careful wear a condom y'all like wear a condom like be sexually active and get tested like it's really not that difficult like i think that's like pretty much the bigger conversation of this entire talk of the town that is abortion and reproductive rights and just birth control as a whole but I will say that every pro-life argument is in the name of the fetus that, had, that doesn't even start brain function wait until late, like, later on. So honestly, it's really anyone's game. It's really anyone's choice at this point. And like, the whole topic of abortion being pro-choice is like you can choose to have the child or not. That is the number one point. If you do not want to have the child then simply find your resources, which I will be linking down below, by the way, just in case. Just in case, just in case. And you can get that sorted out in private. No one needs to know. No one should know unless you decide to tell someone. That's totally up to you. But what about, let's talk about actual pain as a conversation and abortion. Like, what about the mother or the person that can have the abortion go through pain, like mentally, I'm speaking, physically, The amount of pain that they go through. The amount of bleeding that they go through. The amount of endless, endless going back and forth. Like, what if I did this? What if I did keep it? What if I did do that? And I know that's like a really solid argument for pro-lifers. Like, well, if you keep going back and forth, it's like, then just have it. It's like, no, like, I need to explore every realm of this. I need to explore what it would look like if I did have the child now. I need to explore what my life would be like if I did get the abortion. I need to have these conversations with myself and the person that it has to be between the doctor and said patient. That's it. So stop talking about the fetus feeling pain. And besides, no one usually waits that long to get the abortion. Everyone's pretty much on top of it when they have signs of pregnancy. I know I would be. So I know I would be. But then again, I can't speak on the people that have had abortion very late. I can. And also there's so many different types especially for women like different types of uh cervical cancer there's like what's the endometriosis i believe there's that like there's so many layers and genetics involved it's like some i have not met one person that has had one smooth pregnancy to be honest that's not how it works but weigh in you know
1: what you know what gabby this is what i was thinking i was I was processing what you were just relaying and it clicked for me why I was having trouble articulating that first point. Arguments about the the current state or like the states and stages that a fetus goes through and develops through, however valid is only one minuscule part to the whole conversation right. about what it means to bring a child into this world. This is a conversation about education. This is a conversation about child care. This is a conversation about geographic location and reason that this child maybe maybe from. This is a conversation about the the social welfare of the child in terms of their upbringing. Being from Eastern North Carolina and being biracial and being gay, I dealt with just a lot of, in, not just insecurities, but feelings of like inferiority. Mm-hmm. Not only that, like, you know, a little bit of my personal circumstance in terms of mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. I was conceived and the the nature of my biological parents. That within itself is a whole trauma. This is a conversation about generational trauma right. and being able to unpack that for people, right? So I, I understand that people want to talk about the welfare of a, the fetus, but please understand that, like, by coercing people into having children, Once that fetus comes into the world like as a child, that is now a whole human being that you have that has to be taken care of. Right. Don't take that lightly. It doesn't stop. You don't get to just stop and celebrate because it got born. Yay, woo, it's born. Okay, now it's definitely alive. And now it definitely has to be taken care of. That's what I don't take lightly. And that's that on that. Also, I'm a penis owner, so I this is a conversation that I you know, can't weigh that much in on I can to some extent. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to take up space from the owners because literally the government is trying to be all up in all the spots for no reason.
0: And for what? <laughs>
1: for what? For are what? y'all going to raise it? No. Do you want it? No.
0: So what are you talking about? Like, make it make sense, I'll never know. But our favorite argument, our favorite argument from mostly all conservatives worldwide the argument number two of pro-lifers is it's morally wrong in the name of God now friends I don't even have research for this to be honest because it's just kind of something that's religious not really like you know what's and it it's
1: relative like at the end of the day like there is this perfect person from um this um this show she was articulating that, um, and I saw it on a TikTok, she was articulating that, like, within the realm of, like, free democracy, if um, if you have a a lineage of religion or a mode of thought or a train of thought that resonates with you from, like, religious teachings and that's important to you, that's great. And, in fact, people should fight for you to be able to believe in what you want. But the reality is the thing that, like, not everyone follows those same guidelines. Not everyone has that same resonation with that thought process or with that belief system at all. And therefore, your rules for your um quote unquote God like don't apply to everybody and shouldn't apply to everybody. That completely defeats the purpose of the separation of church church and state. And even within the realm of like western christianity there is still so many arguments on both sides of the aisle from people who are progressive christians and people who are conservative christians over abortion so with within the realm of religion itself this conversation is problematic yeah that's all I got.
0: because like not gonna lie church and state be ripping you guys apart like, it oh, really, like, it's really not that difficult of a concept to, like, understand. Wait, oh, my God, remember? I don't know if it was, like, early 2020 or, like, late 2020 when there was, a, like, a really, really deep conservative. And it was just, like, some guy on the news. It was just two news anchors from different parts of, the, like, um, of the U.S. And they were, like, he swore on a different Bible. He swore on a different Bible. I remember Bible. this. Right! So,
1: Someone was being sworn into an official office who does not subscribe to Christianity, and the argument from the from this conservative was that this institution is Christian, therefore they should be okay with swearing on the Christian Bible. Right. That's actually kind of false. This in, this Western expansion was built on the premise of freedom of religion, yeah. right? So if you do celebrate Christianity, that's great. Great for you. Celebrate that. But not everyone does. Again, that's the point. So if someone doesn't want to celebrate or, like, follow Christianity, they are not obligated to.
0: Yeah. And also if you want to bring, like, spirituality and, like, that realm of viewing children as sacred, which they are. And I'm not disagreeing with any person that says children are sacred. Yeah. Children are. But early pregnant fetus is not. You have the choice. Well, that's not really dark. You have the choice to do what you will with that. If you choose to, I don't know, keep it, great by me, babe. I'm not going to tell you what to do. This isn't even my decision. Like, this is straight up just what you want to do. And all people are sacred. All humans are sacred in their own way and we all mess up sometimes we all make mistakes but also it's like you can't really just claim it all because you're religious and someone else that you're trying to convince isn't. like that's just not going to work it's going to go one it's going to go in one ear and out the other like it's not something that not everyone believes in you can't really force someone to and like that mention of like that one person that was being elected into a government officiality like they swore in a different bible and it was like the end of the world for these conservatives and republicans it's like bro there are so many religions in this world like too many to even count like you can google it and you can see so many religions that follow different beliefs have different types of god goddesses and what and whatnot so for you to pull the argument like oh, in the name of god you should have the kid it's like i don't know if god would i don't i don't think he's coming down to earth and telling me what to do so i'm gonna do whatever i have to do and it's not your business for that for that matter so there is that and then our last argument of this lovely topic of discussion and then we're gonna get into birth control, babe. We're gonna get into the topic of birth control. Don't you? Don't you even think about it? No. And then our last argument for today, ladies and gents. So abortion quote affects fertility. So according to Healthline, the American College of the Obstetricians and Gynecologists, please don't quote me on that, guys. I, you already know I can't see. I can't say things properly. So according to Healthline, it's a really long paragraph, friends. So bear with me. And Eric. We got this. So, according to ACOG, or lovely the College or Congress of Gynecologists and whatnot, having an abortion doesn't generally affect your ability to get pregnant in the future. It also does not increase the risks of pregnancy complications if you do choose to not or to get pregnant again. Many doctors recommend using types of some birth control immediately after abortion because it's possible a woman can get pregnant again. When she starts ovulating, doctors will also usually recommend a woman refrain from sexual intercourse for a certain time period after an abortion to allow the body time to heal. Now, I want to hear your thoughts, babe. I want to hear the thoughts. And this can also weigh into, we can just swish right into the topic of birth control since it mentions birth control. Let's talk about it. Someone has to.
1: Well, there are a lot of things that can affect your fertility. Your nutritional intake, the regularness of how much you move your body or not—if you so choose to—stress um, levels, um, pre-existing health conditions, Generous. hereditary conditions. There are so many things that can affect your ability, your fertility, on a daily basis. Some people are born a little less fertile than others. Some people are fertile mortal, Like it's to me, that's more like of a relative thing. But of course. Sticking with the research that has been done, as you literally just presented, you know, understanding that abortion more than more likely than not will not affect your fertility. That's that's that on that, right? I mean, that's that on that.
0: But like, babe, the conversation that needs to be brought up now, because it's true. Like, there's so many things that can affect fertility, and it's also like you can develop. Uh, problems later on in life. It's not necessarily something that you are born with. Like you can be fertile one day and then years from that time, you may not be depending on health problems that you could have, someone that could experience that. Like you just never know because I feel like when it comes to any type of medical condition, there's just, I feel like there's just infinite amounts of medical issues in the world And they also keep being like discovered, like people keep going through different medical problems. And then it's something that we've never seen before. And then it's like, scientists are like, whoa, we've never seen this before. Doctors are like, whoa, this is totally new. Like then you realize that there's so many factors that come into play with like life going on, especially with a pandemic, hello? Like there is no research that says that COVID-19 can impact your fertility. I'm not saying I did any research on that, but Does that mean that it can't be a thing that can happen in the future? Yeah, it can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And can it not also? Yeah, that's true. You never know. But my favorite topic of discussion today, my love, the topic of birth control, the real conversation for being pro-choice and pro-life that needs to be discovered and needs to be discussed even further. Why are we advocating for, or no, why are pro-lifers advocating to keep the child instead of being in favor of birth control solutions to avoid the said pregnancy? Because in reality, everyone, pro-life, pro-lifers, in reality, they, they quote, want less abortions. The only way to do that is to have some sort of birth control a method of anything a method of contraception maybe it's natural planning for some people that's totally fine too but weigh in babe weigh in
1: because socially to dive right in because socially speaking men have always had the upper hand in terms of agency in terms of being able to pursue who they want regardless if it is socially okay for men to seek intimacy physically boys will be boys that's what we understand i grew up in the boys locker room with that culture being understood and this is where i have to say very clearly and very concrete concretely social attitudes have material consequences so when we're really comfortable with men being able to take advantage of casual culture of course by nature there is going to be coercion in terms of physical intimacy Between people with penises and people with vulvas. That's not on that. I have seen that play out. So what's happening is they don't want men to lose their agency and being able to do what they want, which is really weird because the potential overturn of Roe v. Wade is actually shooting themselves in the foot because the I'm paraphrasing from a TikTok I heard. The, the casual culture that they've gotten so used to, so accustomed to, is not about to happen anymore. Because if the risk is now like pregnancy, not even just pregnancy, but forced birth, no, it's a, it's a wrap. People with vulvas are not trying to hang out with men anymore or people with penises anymore. If the threat is now that if they somehow get pregnant from one moment of intimacy, that baby has to come into fruition.
0: Yeah, let's go into that because that is something that's very new right now. Like I have never feared for my life right now, like to be honest, but I live in the state of California. So, um, and I do plan to move out of state to the state of Florida. Um, I also included in one of my sources, um, like kind of the breakdown Roe v. Wade, and like, um the independent article and it actually gives you like a map that's like an interactive map where you can press like what it looks like for some states um what laws they may have to protect against abortion in regards to roe v wade being overturned if actually goes through so it's really about to be hell if it really goes through because in this time i think it still has to pass a certain amount of people first it was just like a rough draft that was leaked so We don't know. We don't know what the outcome may be, but it's still important to really realize that yo, like hookup culture is about to die, and then these men are about to like straight up not have personalities anymore. They're not about to have personality. You're not going to get cooter. Like you're not going to get some cooch. Like you're not. It's not going to
1: happen because no one's going to stand for it. Like if if the pressure, if the coercion is now that you are allowed to be intimate with with a vulva owner and they have to suffer the consequences there. No, the answer is going to be no, as if we haven't tried to move the culture that way. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That, that is not a new conversation either. Understanding mm-hmm. the equilibrium between men and women, um, that's a very binary way to put it. But um, nonetheless, we have been trying for ages to move the culture toward understanding personal agency for everyone in terms of understanding the moment of intimacy. Also, really quickly, the sperm swims towards the egg. Right. Not the other way around. Like, do people not understand that in order for a boba owner to get pregnant, the sperm has to come from somewhere? She didn't just go digging through your trash for your sperm, for your cum sock babe. She didn't look for that. More than likely, y'all shared a moment of intimacy. And that's valid. But are you, really, are you ready to equally be a part of that conversation? Are you ready to do that? Chances are no. And if that's the case, then it's actually in your best interest to be having different conversations about access to contraception and birth control. Because as it stands now, the only thing that really exists for penis owners is condoms. And the bulk of them beg to not use it. So if that's going to be the case, you're going to beg to hit it wrong? Uh-uh. Then no, then you better be okay with her having birth control or her being able to go get an abortion or them trying to use more gender neutral terms. You better be more comfortable with your birthing person being able to have access to um, reproductive care. Uh-uh, I can't stand for that. I, I cannot stand it when men, it, because it's hypocritical, it's backwards and it's weird. It's really, really weird. Also... Um, I'm surprised I didn't plug this earlier. I read um, this book recently within the last year called Sex and the Constitution. It's great. It's a really in depth hist- history of the Western world, particularly the United States, and um, and our relationship to sex. Um, plot twist: contraception and birth control has always been a thing. Right. There have been multiple different like medicinal remedies for um, infanticide. Okay, condoms used to be made out of sheepskin. There you go. It's not a new concept. This is not a new concept. What are people... Let me not take up space.
0: Girl, you never lied. You never lied. But also, in the conversation of... If you're going to be intimate with someone in a sexual way, I think the conversation needs to be brought up of like, oh, the bare minimum is like, oh, what happens if said person gets pregos? no one's ready to have that conversation I think that we all can admit that we all have been through those moments of intimacy with someone that we didn't really see ourselves dating like at all and like, we're just there for the funsies of it and that's fine too a lot of people that are like a lot of pro-lifers they're like oh my god like it's just like no one wants to date anymore it's like yeah like that's how life is now unfortunately like it's not something that everyone agrees with I know I don't sometimes but sometimes your girl just wants a little a little night to herself you know sometimes she wants a little loving at night I don't know it's just a matter of preference and also the most important question um for all my lovely uh gals out there for all the girls for all the people suffering through birth control that shit sucks yo that shit sucks like just today, yo, I, like, started spotting out of nowhere. Like, I just started bleeding for no reason. Like, for what? Like, for what? <laughs> like, for what? Like, where did it come from? Beats me. Beats me. Really don't know. And also, it's like, at this point in time, it also brings a conversation up of, like, getting a vasectomy. Doing your part as a man <laughs> or as a person that has balls, bro. Just do that fucking part. And it's like, oh, I'm not ready to have kids. Like, I mean, or I'm, I'm, I want to have kids at some point. Like, I don't want to do that yet. Then here's an idea. Instead of being a little pro life little bitch in the corner, how about you be pro-contraceptives? Uh, You're the one over here that doesn't want an abortion to happen. So wouldn't it make more sense to be pro-contraceptives, pro-family planning, pro-cycle planning? Like, that makes so much more sense to me. And this day and age, girl... I'm not about to settle down with some man that can't even have that conversation. If you are a grown individual, whether you identify as male, female, or just anyone in general, if you don't know how a cycle works, a menstrual cycle, where are you? Where are you? Where are you in this time? Because like, seriously, I know that we had terrible health classes. I will agree. This country really needs to step up their fucking like health classes but then again, where is the education on the menstrual cycle? Because I can't tell you. I don't know anything about my own. I actually had to figure out when I was in my early 20s. I don't know how it worked. But go on. Go on, legend.
1: Bestie, the way most people with penis, the only thing that they know about reproductive like health in terms of people with vulvas is that there's a hole down there. They know nothing else of how it works down there. They cannot tell you the difference between a cervix and a labia. Right. They cannot tell you where the clitoris is. They know nothing. Literally, absolutely nothing of how it works. And yet, there is, they are fighting tooth and nail to try and legislate what vulva owners are allowed to do with their bodies. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Absolutely not. And being that the bulk of them are not having these conversations about family camp planning and potentially being a parent, then it is in this it, it is in their best interest in getting into a health class, right. in terms of into a really great podcast. I recommend sex with Emily. Ooh. She's great.
0: I miss girl for y'all that don't know. It's like between Eric and I, but I just miss Molly Margaret. I miss her so <sighs> much. Where is Molly Margaret? Where was, like, no, seriously. Like, we need her. She abandoned us in our time of need. Okay, for y'all that don't know, Molly Margaret, she was a huge Instagram girl. I love her. We miss her. Actually, Eric showed me her. But she was basically, like, a very um, pro-sex educator. And she was just, oh, she was everything. She would talk about vibrators. Like, she would talk about, like, her sexy times. She would talk about her, like, outfits of the day before she went to go get, like, railed. I was, like, so excited for her. I was like I want to know everything about you forever. And the okay. day she, and the day she left us was the day I should have here. I should have here. I was like we need you Molly Margaret. We do. Like we need you back. Like um uh.
1: her now more than ever. No, but seriously, um, a lot of people just straight up don't know about how the menstrual cycle works. it, it, it so it's it's very strange to me that the same people who are begging to hit it raw, are the same people who are surprised when pregnancy happens. How did this happen? I don't know, I thought, I once heard a story of a woman getting blamed for her pregnancy. The sperm oh. swims towards the egg. Oh, no. What are you missing about that concept? See. If you're that pressed about not wanting her to get pregnant, where is your condom? You didn't want to wear it. So what are we, what are we arguing about? What are we arguing about?
0: What's not clicking?
1: What's what is not clicking? Like, but but here's the thing too. Here's the thing too. Like, everyone absolutely deserves the autonomy to decide how their moment of intimacy is going to go down. Right. Absolutely. But that should be an agreeable moment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: an agreeable moment between those people who are going to be intimate. Right. And so, therefore, whatever happens afterwards, they should still be on. I'm not going to say that they should be on the same page, but that line of communication should be just as open as it was before.
0: Yeah. Essentially, yeah. That's as simple as you can put it because you can have a one-night stand all you want, girl. I'm not going to say you shouldn't. I'm not against that at all. Have that one-night stand.
1: Also, why are we still shaming vulva owners for casual sex when that's literally what men have wanted this entire time? Like, you're joking. You're actually joking. I grew up with boys in the locker rooms begging to get their dicks wet. And now that we're finally in a culture where women are saying, you know what? I do deserve to feel good. I do deserve to have a moment of intimacy. You're going to shame them? Really? That that makes no sense. What do you want? Pick a struggle.
0: Ex- yeah. Like, I think that this entire conversation of pro-life and abortion and all that jazz is essentially, pick a struggle. Pick a pick struggle. Pick a struggle. Because... It never, the debate never really ends for these pro lifers, especially like super diehard pro lifers. It's like, okay, so you're saying that your religion says to have unborn fetuses considered, they're considered life. Okay, your religion, I'm not gonna debunk you for that. But also, you think that it's an obligation for someone that can get pregnant to go through with it, even when they don't want to. And then when the time comes that they are forced to have this pregnancy they did not ask for, And all of a sudden, they get rejected for food stamps. Then they get rejected for childcare. They get rejected for simple needs in this life, like credit cards, getting a car, getting a house, let alone an apartment, regardless. Then you mean to tell me that, oh, don't just get pregnant then. Sweetie, the sperm, one, swims to the egg. And two, sperm can live up to inside the body of said pregnancy person. For five to seven days. That's a whole, like, business day. Like, that's five to seven business days, babe. And including weekends. So, essentially, five to seven days. So, your package that you got from Amazon or whatever favorite boutique you got it from, that takes five to seven days. Yeah. It can live up for that long. It can live in there for that long. I recommend, though, ladies and all the people out there that like to get cream pied, I recommend the boric acid solution from Love & Wellness. It really cleans you out real well. Just so for a crazy night in, I... Um, I recommend it, (laughs) but, but, (laughs) the real essential thing is that the debate never ends with pro-lifers, it never ends with that, because you say that fetuses are sacred, and it's your religion, cool, but then you're, you force women to get, or no, you force people to have the kid when they don't want it, but you're also against birth control, because it's also, one, against your religion, and or two, against your own beliefs, and or three, it's considered, oh. Morally wrong because people, especially women, need to be mothers. It's like, sweetie. Uh, um, then what is your argument, then essentially? What Pause. is. I got this. I got
1: this. Let us, I got Let, us Let us know.
0: Let us know. Let us know.
1: Not everyone is ready to have kids. Not everyone wants kids. Not everyone is meant to have kids.
0: That's the real one.
1: my biological I'm sorry not to air out my own dirty laundry here my biological parents conceived my siblings and I under precarious circumstances due to substance use so therefore the very nature of my life rested on my grandparents being able to provide stability for me I'm 26 my grandmother who's actually here um Yeah, her next birthday, she turned 80, babe. So I have old parents, okay? I have no connection to my biological parents, to the people who brought me into this world. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: My aspirations for the things that I want to be able to do falls on me, right? So this is also a conversation that we've already somewhat touched on. This is a conversation about resources. I do not have the same resources as Chet, who is able to grow up through private schools in New York City. I don't. So why are we comfortable forcing people to have children when, to be honest, some people are just not meant to be parents. And so if someone comes to you and they're genuinely being honest and saying, I am not ready to be a parent, believe them and let it
0: be that. Believe them. Like, I don't know why that's so difficult. Like, I don't know. And the whole rebuttal against that, it's like, Oh, but if you're going to become a parent, you'll step up, you'll figure it out. It's like, I shouldn't I shouldn't have to figure that out. Because here's my thing. If the if this country that provides the bare minimum when it comes to health care, and if you do want to get health care, I have not met one person that has gone through getting health care that actually had a smooth smooth ride. They ask for every nitty gritty detail of you. They ask for the nitty-gritty detail of your parents, your grandparents literally the neighbor next door they want to know because like they make it impossible so you can get that access and then the second you're like hmm this is getting a little too difficult because you're asking me so much shit that one i may not even have access to like certain forms certain documents certain information i don't know about and two essentially why why do you need all that information in a country that offers that or doesn't even offer the bare necessity of having it be at least easy doesn't have to even necessarily be free. We all want free healthcare. I'm not going to lie to you, man. And I'm not going to say that we all don't deserve free healthcare because we do. Every human being deserves to have at least healthcare provided to them with no cost. But at the same time, you should at least make it easy if you're going to make it expensive. You should at least make it accessible and easy for people to maneuver, understand, especially for immigrants that don't speak the language of English, by the way. As parent, as offspring of immigrant parents, thank you very much. But essentially, why? Essentially, the question in this is just why? For what? For what?
1: Bestie, tell me why. When I did actually recently cancel my health insurance, I will re-go through the hoops again soon. Mm-hmm. But when I did have it last year, I went to the dermatologist. My health care did not cover my dermatologist appointment, so I had to pay out of pocket mm-hmm. both times I went. both of those appointments I was $500 thanks and then I went specifically because I had warts on my face and my health care did not cover my prescription for my wart cream so I paid $90 out of pocket for my wart cream
0: Mm -hmm.
1: guess what I did get rid of my warts but not by my wart cream you want to know how I got rid of them let me know I literally took the nail filing end of a nail clipper put it over an open flame, and burned my words off.
0: And they say healthcare is like, yeah. Girl, I wish a bitch would.
1: So I spent all that money for what? (laughs) For what? (laughs) You're joking. That's a whole other conversation. When these babies get born, their network is going to depend, is going to determine what happens to them. More than, we don't want, we we as Americans, especially we as Americans, We love this notion of, like, bootstrap theory. But let's be real. The biggest predictor of a child's income is their parent's income. Yeah. That is the biggest primary factor in determining the future of that child.
0: And, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, may I add, not only does it rely on the finances of said parents, but it also relies on the topic of how men do essentially trap women with, with kids men do it they will use all the money they have and we have actually seen it already in real time the baby and danny lay all right if y'all don't know long story short dan the da baby is a terrible terrible man um sure. he literally does not have the money anymore but whatever no and essentially miss danny lay his um, ex-girlfriend that actually, yeah, I believe that they had, I believe, two kids, I want to say. This just a th- This just occurred to me again. I totally forgot about the situation until I remembered right now, but Mr. Baby over here was essentially luring Ms. Danny Lay into a false pretense of family, all right? They got together... They had kid. They were together for a while, and then they had kids. And then all of a sudden, he's like starting to be a little dippy on her. Like he's like kind of being in and out about things. And then he starts like bringing women over. Like, and then it's basically he ends up blaming her. He ends up blaming her as like, oh, like she knew from the start that this wasn't serious. It's like, so you mean to tell me that having a child with someone and then also saying that you will provide and that you love them is. Like a, a facade, like you just did that for fun? Nah, nah. These men are going to H-E double hockey sticks, all right? Like, it just stresses me out, babe. And it also does depend on the parent's outcome. But it also really just relies on who these parents are. There are parents that have had all the money in the world, and their kids don't ever see it sometimes. They don't inherit it. Or they're just left with no help at all. Sometimes, very. I was gonna say
1: some kids are cut off.
0: Yeah, and they're like, bye.
1: If I listen, there are there are people who are not ready to have a queer child. They're not ready to have a child with a disability. Mm. They're not. They're not. So why are you so pressed about it?
0: Right, like. I have met, unfortunately, in the saddest times. I feel like now it's a little more acceptable, but I feel like as a society, we are growing more and more um, understanding of the LGBTQ plus community. And I have met uh, like really sad circumstances of friends of mine in passing that I've met throughout life that they did get kicked out of their house for being queer, for being part of the LGBTQ plus community. And it's shattering. And that's just me observing. That's not even me going through the emotions. That's just me, like, as a bystander, being told that information. Like, I have no concept of what that feels like. And for have to have someone kick you out of your home just because you live your life a certain way and you love who you love, it's considered immoral. And that's when all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's when the pro lifers are going to come in and be like, oh, you're gay? yeah get the fuck out of my house it's like what is the purpose of that so you were ready to have a normal kid but you were definitely not ready to have a child that is different interesting interesting how that works interesting
1: <laughs> why are you as an adult projecting everything you want to a child onto a person you not even on this world yet right that's weird of you you're not even giving them the opportunity to grow into their own human being that's weird of you That's really weird of you. That
0: is actually very weird. I have to agree. Like, that's very weird. Like, how are you planning? Like, I can understand if you want to have, like, the perfect education for them, the perfect, like, car or something like that. That's fine. That's totally normal. But if you're over here being like, oh, they have to be a straight-A student. They have to be a major in psychology, law, and all that stuff. And it's like, um, what if this child comes out as, um, I don't know, an artist? Maybe they want to do tech. Maybe they want to be a teacher. Maybe they want to be a professor. Maybe, just maybe. There's so many opportunities in the world. And I think it's actually a great conversation to bring up, girl. I was
1: going to say, instead of shaming them for picking something that's not as lucrative as, say, teaching, maybe address the disparities in income so that teachers can actually get paid a living wage. Cause I know people who have been in the education system for more than a decade and they're not even making 50 K make it make
0: sense. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not going to lie to you girl. You're not wrong. And this also comes up with the conversation of educators and kids, right? Educators and children. I think that you and I can wholeheartedly say that we have met people or we are victims of parents That may or may not support you in the creative dream. In the creative dream. That's the real topic here. That's a nitty-gritty niche conversation to have. Because you may be ready for a kid or you may not be. And if you are forcing someone to have this said kid, what are we going to talk about the finances aside from the basic necessities? What are we going to talk about the the financial needs so they can have actually a, a good life? like a fun life, because kids are meant to have fun in this life. They are meant to be born, have an actual childhood and enjoy. Like from day one, they deserve to not worry about a thing in this world until they're maybe like 15 or 16. Until up until those ages, they are children. They deserve to go to art class. They deserve to go to school and hang out with their friends. And are you going to have the finances to provide for that if you're so pro-life? Are you going to have the finances to provide the dreams they want? And what happens if it's med school, one of the most expensive routes to take? Are you going to have that ready to go? I don't think so.
1: And um, there's no shame if you don't, because there are so many socioeconomic factors that play true. into this. Again, this is a conversation about structural resources for people and making things accessible. This is all, to me, this has always been about like, Shaming predominantly poor women while rich yep. women get to, and that's that's really weird. That's, that's really, really weird. That's
0: the conversation, yeah. That's essentially the number one conversation here. It's like I will always applaud single mothers because they chose to have the child and they work their asses off to get there. By all means, they are the real superheroes of this world, they are the real superheroes of this world. And shout out to anyone that's listening if you are a single parent or a single mother, we love you. XOXO, but. Essentially, the conversation is Do we, well, we do admire single parents. We do. But I saw like a tweet a while ago that was like of a kid that was like 14 and he got a job at like a Jack in the Box or something. And like the caption was like his dad or the, his parent being like, Oh, like look at my son working while everyone's at, you know, having fun by the pool. And I was like, That's literally not a flex. I really hope you know that.
1: It's not. Also, you said 14. 14? Why yeah. is a child expected to work at 14? Unless
0: really unless scary. absolutely necessary. Because right. my father, he has to start working at 14. And I can't blame him for that. He had to do what he there had to do. There are cases of necessity, for sure. That's definitely, like, the conversation. It's like, you can say you want someone to work at 14 by requirement, like forcing someone to, or out of survival. Those, those are very different things. Those are very different things. All right? And for my background, people that don't know me that in depth, I do have two immigrant parents. They are both from Peru. Shout out to the Peruvian gang. But my parents, my dad had the rags to riches story, and my mother had the riches to staying that way. Period. And that's not a crime either. That's those are both different worldviews. And yeah, my father had to scrap. Literally, that's how he got by in his life. He had to scrap for the bare minimum and still not have enough. And all he wanted in life, all right, and I talk about hating college all the time. I talk about it all the time. I still kind of do. But the reality is, all he wanted in life, like, his biggest dream was college. Like, that was his only dream. You and I can say we have dreams for just, like, dancing for Beyonce or something. We can say that because we know, who one, who she is, two, We are accessible to her via backstage.com, via connections, via networks, via the dance community within itself. And then we can say that's our dream if we wanted to. But no, there are people that have had dreams to simply just, oh, I want to like eat tomorrow. I would like to go to college one day. My dream is to have a nice car. My dream is to have an apartment. Like, those are basic necessities that we all take for granted for. And it's not our fault, all right? We live in a world that we see the shiny stuff all the time. A lot of people can not say the same, and that's okay. There's no wrong or right answer to that. But the conversation of going back to being pro-life, it's like, there, there's like this many layers. Everything we have said today is every layer you have to consider for being pro-life. If you're like, okay, I'll have the kid. I'm like, okay, answer me this. Can you provide financially for this, this, and that, plus the years after that? I'm talking from birth to the age of 18, and even above that sometimes. I am not- I was going to say,
1: mm-hmm. parents do not stop giving. Up. My, I literally, I'm 26. I just paid for my phone bill for the first time. Right. In my entire life, my parents have provided me a phone bill have provided for my cell service. My car insurance, up until two years ago, was paid for by my parents. Yeah. Like, I I was on Medicaid until I was, I believe, age 21, 21, 22. That's when I got kicked off of Medicaid for like aging out, so I had to like find my own insurance. It's like, yeah, what systems are in place to take care of children? Why aren't we having that conversation? Who's having that conversation i'll tell you he definitely not the pro-lifers sorry they're not they're 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 just not they, they don't want to acknowledge the socioeconomic disparities that happen for people like and and that's just so strange to me because if it's going to be about protecting children can we please talk about the children who are already here and suffering yeah going mm-hmm. back to what we're going back to what you mentioned specifically about like our networks grad for me graduating from a conservatory at dance Immediately gives me a network almost anywhere I want to go. I and listen, I, I hate people who are name droppy, I it, it comes off very like narcissistic, but I mean, at that same time, I could technically name drop as well. That hit show Euphoria, the lead, um, one of the lead characters, Jules, who's played by Hunter Schaefer.
0: Love
1: her. I literally want to school with Hunter I in the show Law and Order, Organized Crime, the girl who plays Sleuth, that's Ansley Singer, who graduated the same class as me. And then there's also a slew of other people from school who are who are doing things or have done things for Broadway, done things for film out in L.A. That matters. That matters now in terms of me being able to do what I want to do. I'm going to New York next month, and I get to crash her with at least, like, three other people that I know from school.
0: Yeah. That's what the conversation. That matters. matters. That does matter. Yeah. Like you can say you're pro life all you want, but are you gonna really consider every single factor? I don't think so. I don't think you will. And I'm not saying that people that do decide to have the child and work their asses off to do their best. That's not what we're talking about here. They are not in this conversation because they are willing to do what it takes. And that is admirable. But however, it also brings up the topic is like. Why are we idolizing people that keep working and overworking themselves out of stress on something that maybe could have been avoided, such as having a child? Let's say that we take a single parent. They decide to have the child, but they're stressing every single day. They love their child, but they are stressed from having to provide for them. But they're like, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. But it's also like you, you see them, like if, especially if it's someone you know or someone you love, it's like, how can I help in that case then? How can I be part of that help? Like, how can I be part of that circle so I can play my part in helping you? Because no one can do that by themselves. I've met happy families that even can't even raise a child with like two people helping. It's difficult to raise a child and be there and always, and actually consider your own needs and wants. And also,
1: like, here's the thing, pro-choice means choice. So if someone is choosing to have the child, let them have the child. There is no shame. We're people saying pro-choice people are trying to shame people for having a child. No. What I want for you is to be able to feel like you made that choice with complete autonomy. Mm-hmm. 100%. And if there is any coercion, then that's not a choice. And that's not consent. But what's happening when we're forcing people into birth, that is not choice. That is not freedom. That is not personal agency, and that is a
0: problem. You never lie, girl. You never lie because it's like we're not shaming people that do want to have a child and they end up doing it. Because I have met parents that they chose to do that. They had the pregnancy at sixteen. That's that's I'm not shaming that either. When you're sixteen, do you know how many men are disgusting? How many men are like begging you to be like, oh my god, like let me not in you or whatever.
1: Like, They're not even men. Like that, and that's yeah. the thing. They're
0: just not. Yeah. And like no one even teaches you about menstrual cycles. Like, how are we supposed to like we can't shame these people that got pregnant at 16 or like the young teenage years or whatever? Because it's like you believe everything in your life when you're in high school. Like, if we're gonna take euphoria as an example, going back to euphoria, if we're really gonna take euphoria as an example, the conversation of Nate Jacobs and Maddie Perez and then Miss Cassie. I'm not going to lie, yo. That's a very common example in high school. It's a very common example. It's like, oh, I love you, babe. And then, like, five hours later, it's like, oh, I love you, Cassie. Like, I love you. You're the one. You're the one that I'm in love with. Like, I don't know who Maddie is. For those that haven't watched Euphoria, that's essentially, like, what the Maddie and Maddie versus Cassie drama is. It's just, it's just like, two girls that – a man makes them feel special for five minutes, and they believe it because you're a kid. Like you're still in high school, you still want to believe that there's good in the world. You're still a little bit innocent. Let's let me. Let's not lie. You're still innocent. You still don't know how. You don't even know what bills are yet. How are you gonna like distinguish what love is and what it isn't? And then that's the conversation of how shit happens. And then in the show, Miss Cassie ends up getting Prego. She does. Let's be honest, y'all. She ends up getting pro—not with Nick. I mean, no, not with Nate. Yeah, not with Nate. No, Nate. Right. Not with Nate. But she does get preggo. All right. She does get pregos. All right. And that's a real life experience that people continuously experience daily basis. They go to college. They get wild and with it. No one's safe and healthy about it. Boom, pregnancy. And then that's the conversation and bringing the conversa- or no, the topic of, oh, is it time to keep this child or not? Is this what I'm supposed to do or not? That's essentially what it is.
1: Like, the Cassie, Nate, Maddie is just such a great example because of the fact that at that age, you are nothing but hormones. Like, that's all mm. you think about. Can we please normalize... And recognize the fact that young people have sex, that it happens. Yeah. And that it has always happened. Yeah. So ignoring that is not gonna make pregnancy go away.
0: Oh, absolutely not, yo. That's I mean, weird
1: to me. I will say, though, studies have shown that like trends for like moments of intimacy for young people, specifically teens, has actually climbed down. Why? Because access to information and education has increased. So people understand what contraception is. People understand what protection is. But it's when they don't understand it, that they're more likely to end up in a situation in which they feel like there isn't as much agency as there could be.
0: Not a lie. Not a lie, babe. Because you can't... Because like another pro-life conversation or argument for like Kind of an argument is like, then just don't have sex, just ignore it. I'm like, sweetie, that's not. That's
1: not realistic.
0: When I bring
1: to a statistic back from, I believe this was around the time I graduated high school, and I believe it has changed since then. But um, approximately sixty percent of high school seniors, by the time they walk across their graduating stage, have had at least one moment of intimacy. Again, that number has changed, and I believe that has declined. But nonetheless. That's what sort I'm
0: of saying. Yeah, because saying that, like, oh, just don't have sex, like, be abstinent. I'm sorry, babe. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but just because you believe in, like, like that premarital sex is wrong, doesn't mean that a majority of people believe in that too. They they don't. No one does. No one I know at least does. And. Having premarital sex is quite literally the most normal thing on this planet, whether you want to agree with me or not. It's just the way life works. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's just how it is. And-, and if you don't want it to happen,
1: then let's change the culture and quit allowing boys to be as aggressive as they are. Right. Because they're weird. It, it happens. It absolutely happens. I'm tired of people just, like, glossing over that as if it's somehow her fault for spreading her legs. The boy made a choice too, honey. Why are we protecting him and his feelings when he could have just as easily been a part of that conversation as he should have been and said, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready for the responsibilities of this choice And Dip. But more often than not, it is the boy who is going out of his way to be, um,
0: coercive yeah yeah and as a victim of coercion i i i know (laughs) i know like that's just so common i have not met one person especially women that were hooking up with a guy and they were like well i just kind of like did it because i didn't want to say no or like i felt kind of bad i was like why are we not talking about that
1: Listen. There is a moment I was at the mall with a friend and her coworker, and two of their other coworkers showed up, and three of three out of four of them were talking about moments in which they were the recipients of unwanted advance, advances. And as a penis owner, I was just stunned, like because they articulated it so casually, like, "Oh yeah, that happened." Yeah. Well, why is coercion
0: casual yeah that's that's the one girl that's the one because like why do i have to like have a conversation with my girlfriend and be like yeah i was just kind of like i just kind of did it i don't know but whatever i guess like like really that's how we brush it off like that's like how we one cope and two we don't realize it until years or months later how messed up that is it took me a long time to realize that a lot of the experience i had with men was one coercion and two something i couldn't even like process that i like had to process so, later on
1: th- sorry i did not mean to take up your space that was not my that was my cute. but um crap i lost my train of thought so Oh, okay. So, for the people who are probably listening to this and who are like, well, not all men. Rah, 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 you're right. Not all men. But enough that this has to be a conversation. So, why aren't you checking your homeboys Ooh. when they say some fucked up shit? Why aren't, they, why aren't you checking them when they call a slut? When literally Tim over there begged to hit it wrong. Literally begged. Call out your homeboys. And then maybe shit will start to change.
0: Listen, you did not lie, Miss Girl, because that's the one. That's like the depth. Yeah, that's the way you got to word it. Because it's like, why are people saying not all? Okay, it's like, yeah, not all men. Okay, sure. I'm going to say that that's true. I'm going to say that, yeah, I have met men. fair. Like, it's fair. Not all men. Sure. Yeah. Your your conversation is very valid. It's very real. I'm not going to say. I've had very few. I'd say very few handful maybe pinky full if you will of men that were decent decent not above and beyond not above and beyond I'm just talking decent but I've met way more that are insane weird like coercion type of men like that's the real thing it's like oh not all men but like a very big majority of them and you're just going to sit on the sidelines? You're just going to sit there. Watch people get, you know, violated and even worse into detail that we don't need to go into right now. But you already know what I mean. But that's the, that's the bigger conversation here. And all of this is just layers upon layers upon layers of what can happen and what goes through the conversation of pro-life versus pro-choice. Like that's essentially what happens. And if you choose not to have a child, no one's going to hold it against you. No one. And you don't even need to tell a soul if you don't want to. That is between you and the closest people that you trust to know. And that's it. That's all I can really say.
1: I want to check in with you as the vulva owner out of the two of us. How are you feeling? And how has this affected you? Um, Honestly, this does potentially set the precedent to overturn a lot of protected rights. Obergefell v. Hodges could be next, which is um, marriage equality. Um, but as of right now, the focus is Roe v. So how are you doing? And how are you going?
0: Well, thank you, babe. Thank you for asking, love. Um, I am essentially worried, but I'm also just wondering how far it's going to go essentially. Because I saw today on Twitter, but I mean, I don't really think that Twitter's that reliable. Sometimes it's just like a matter of if you read the full article, but some of the headlines are just like eye-grabbing, like clickbait kind of energy, so you can click the article, and it's actually not as what you're, not what the headline says, but there is a, com- a conservative um, that is arguing, I don't remember his name, I read the um, the headline too fast, I didn't catch the full name, but a conservative at the moment in time that's talking about proposing bills not even a bill that's written in this time so proposing to write a bill so let's not get crazy guys but that to propose a bill to abolish or no not to abolish ban plan b and iud's and i'm not going to lie to you as someone that has used both and is currently on the IUD. I don't know how I would feel if I met someone that lives in one of the states that is so pro-life and they want to do something with themselves. that I can walk around this planet. I can walk around this earth right now in this time knowing that if something bad happened to me, if I was raped in the in like broad daylight or late at night when I'm walking home to my car or I'm, or I'm walking to my car with friends or I'm getting gas at night or something, And if something knock on wood obviously were to happen to me and I'm violated in any way. I know for a fact that I can say that I am covered mentally and physically and emotionally. I will not be okay. But if we're talking like not getting pregnant, strictly that. Then yeah, I can say that I am privileged to say that I have that covered. I have an IUD to protect me against that. But there are a lot of women in the world, a lot of people out there that get violated destroyed robbed of their everything basically and they still end up getting preggos it blows my mind and it just doesn't make sense to me and it never will it never will so you mean to tell me that you're gonna ban the most two percent effective contraceptives out there or you at least want to do that. Like there are people that want to do that. And I'm not saying that it will go through. God forbid it doesn't. Like I don't want to see that day. I don't want to even live to see that day. Because if that were ever true, if that ever really did happen and I went through that and the people of the world, lots of billions of people that I can get pregnant women all over the world were to live that, I can assure you that there would be lines outside every gynecologist to get their tubes tied. Lines. 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 Or women out there would be more prone to getting a surrogate. Or women out there would be more prone to freezing their eggs. That's the conversation here. That's the scariness of it. And I'm not saying it's going to go through, God forbid. But if you're already thinking of proposing a bill to abolish one, of, like two of the most effective contraceptive, or contraceptives in the world, then we're finished. There are already people that are thinking about that there are people that are already like oh let's even make it harder why stop at roe v wade like we got to go even harder like we got to go through actual contraceptives that actually people use on a daily basis the pill one of the most revolutionary most impactful forms of birth control in the world that was one of the first birth controls like that was modern like that's modern medicine wise and you're over here like hmm what if we they just got rid of the two most important ones like how does that make sense i don't know i hope i never lived to see that day and i hope a lot of other people don't live to see that day because it would be one of the worst days in history for everyone in the world and i can assure you if that ever did happen i would be outside my gun to college just like yeah tie my tubes i can't do this that's it that's it that's all i can say
1: the- <laughs> another thing that the the document from the Supreme Court was leaked. Right. So what we can surmise by that is that this is a conversation that's been happening. Mm. So this isn't new. Like there there has been there has been effort, a consorted effort, through officials, through institutions, to try and regress, to try and overturn. Mm. So we as constituents as the, of this country have got to make sure that we are staying on top of this. Yeah. You, listen, we're in a midterm year. Elections are coming up. I know that um, the primary for me, in terms of the county where I can vote, is May 17th. And you bet your ass I will be voting.
0: I'm going to say, yeah. I actually just got my ballot in the mail, ladies and gents. And... Actually, there's a
1: website you can go for. Oh my God, uh, if you send
0: me it, I can put it in the links below, babe.
1: Please do. Okay, so there's this website called. Vote, V-O-T-E, 411.org. Okay. And it's all of the information you need in terms of registering to vote, verifying your voter registration, and finding out what and who is on your ballot for your specific region or county.
0: Okay. So it was vote411?
1: Yeah. Vote and then the numbers 411.org.
0: We got it, girl. I'm going to put that in the description for all those that are listening, but... To wrap this up, ladies and gents, lots of conversation today. And I'm so happy that lovely Eric was here to give on his input. And you are admired and loved. And thank you for being an advocate for the girls and those out there that can get pregos. And we deserve the choice. And we all deserve to be heard in this time. Whether you are pro-life, whether you are pro-choice. And if you are pro-life, I really hope that is to the extent where you're like, mm, At least I will hear the pro-choice out. But regardless, I love you. And thank you for coming on to the podcast. And I am honored. I am thrilled. And babe, what else do you have to say? We would love to finish with you.
1: Thank you for having me on. Thank you for choosing me as a guest. Um, I love you so much. And I value you and your insight so much. I really hope that moving forward, that we as a culture, as a country, are able to center the voices of boba owners and um birthing people um and lessen the voices no, no shade of straight white cis men because they have been the primary voices thus long and that has what that is from my personal perspective what has kept us in the dark because there is not a consortium effort from people of all identities genders races different backgrounds to actually help us progress into a true Diverse democracy. And so I value you. I value your opinion. I love you very much. Um, get condoms, people. Like, Get you, tested. Condoms are too freaking... for. I'm sorry. You can walk into almost any health department and get a handful of fucking condoms. You can do it. Um, find sex education resources. There's this website called Scarlet Team. That's really great for young people. Again... Uh, Sex with Emily is a really great resource. Um, she actually had on a guest, um, Dr. Shafia Zalum that talked about her book Sex, Teens, and Everything in Between for young people who are coming onto the scene of um, physical intimacy. Again, I really high, highly recommend the book Sex in the Constitution, Sex and the Constitution by Geoffrey Jeffrey Stone. It's great. That's G E O. Hold on. Let me not be dumb. (laughs) I do that all the time. I actually need to reorder that book. So, Mm. Sex and the Constitution. I'm literally Googling. We love.
0: We love.
1: So that is Sex and the Constitution by Jeffrey Stone. That is G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y Stone. S-O-S-T-O-N-E.
0: We love it. love it babe thank you for all the resources that will all be linked below of course in the description all of eric's links will be linked as well his instagram his spotify podcasts all that jazz but without further ado i conclude and once again thank you babe thank you for being on the podcast i adore you and i'm so glad that we had this combo and i would have not had any other guests first aside from my girl aside from my girl
1: I love you. I freaking love you. I'm so glad we got to
0: do this. I'm so glad. But my fellow aliens, I conclude today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. And I hope that you're being safe and sound wherever you are. And I hope that you all are taking care of yourselves and keeping up with this. Because it is essential for both men, women, and everyone else in between. So here we are. I will see you on Sunday.